you're listening to a Big MX Radio Podcast. Brought to you by Arma Energy. Presented by Fly Racing, W Wheels, Bill's Pipes, Just One Helmets, X-Brand Goggles, Shades of Grey Custom Helmet Painting, Rhino Power Sports Supplements, Roy Borton Suspension, Watts Perfections, and Golden Tire. Simply the best, motocross and supercross news from around the globe. And now, here's your host, Brad Gephardt. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast Show, brought to you by X-Brand Goggles, Just One Helmets, Bill's Pipes, and Arma Energy Drink. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt, but with me on the line, we've got Vicky Golden, the 423 on the HRT Suzuki, with Bill's Pipes on the back end right there. Vicky, how's it going? Good. Good to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for giving us some time. It's uh, It's Monday... The uh, the weekend after the the series is completed in Vegas, uh, which was a great opportunity for you, made it into the night show of uh, qualifying 35th in your class, and then uh, putting in some very strong rides, as well as being able to show uh, the fans at home a little bit of your skills on a motorcycle. Because uh, I'm not too sure how many people uh, even uh, competing that night were able to uh, hold a wheelie quite like that going down the back stretch. <laughs> yeah, it was uh it was kind of unexpected to even kind of show up and race. We were mainly going out there for uh just to do press for the event and then do the actual uh step up qualifier X games was holding on Friday. So uh, Friday was actually a busy day for me even leading up to Saturday. So we were kind of focused on that and um yeah, just showed up Saturday and tried to get used to the two fifty again and somehow, you know, I just felt good even though the track was really challenging that weekend and somehow still was able to get it done and I mean I've been been sick this whole year so doing one lap was hard enough and I was just like well I guess I'll go till I get tired and about I think lap four I was pretty winded let the dude behind me kind of just go by and um it just kind of worked out the dude in front of me got like a pretty good gap on me and then I was the one that didn't get lapped so basically um Muskin lapped everyone besides me and I uh, basically kind of had the track to myself. So I just figured, I mean, if I'm going to do one more lap, might as well have fun with it and just wheelie down that straight and just have fun with the last lap. Why not? A little bit of, uh, almost like a victory lap for you to have, uh, kind of completed that season. Of course, you still had a, a LCQ to go, but, um, I got to imagine, uh, a successful season for you, uh, going out there against the men, proving yourself, uh, putting in some great rides fighting against some illness uh, that I'm just finding out about now uh, and um, just doing yourself proud, like um, all things else aside, really putting in the rides that, that you knew you could do. Thank you. I appreciate that. But it wasn't exactly the ideal season, that's for sure. I mean, like I said, we started out sick and didn't even know I was sick and sick with mono until about halfway to the end of the series. So, um I was just kind of confused as to why I was struggling so bad and had so little energy and so little focus on the bike. And, uh, that kind of, kind of figured out why it was because of the illness. But, um, even that aside, I mean, the first couple rounds were a struggle just to 
just to keep the bike running, we just had so many like weird freak accidents and um, things breaking that shouldn't even break even on, you know, regardless of what bike you're riding, you know, it's just some weird freak accidents and that kind of all mess with you for sure. And then just uh, after that, it just seemed like everything that could go wrong did. So it was just a struggle of a season, but um, I'm thankful at the end of the day, we at least got to make one night show and start to go racing and, and that was the ultimate goal. I would have liked to made more than one, but one is better than none. Totally. One definitely better than none. Uh, there's definitely some competitors within the series that uh, weren't, weren't able to make it into a night show, and that, that's, a, that's an accomplishment in and of itself. Um, tell us a little bit about the program that you were on with the HRT team. Uh, how did you end up getting uh, you're on Suzuki's? You've been on Suzuki's for quite some time. Um, and, and how did that all come together as well as that, uh, that Bill's Pipes that uh, was singing your song the whole, day, the whole year long? Uh, yeah, um, basically I've known Todd Hansen at HRT for, um, about five or so years now. And he's always said, once you, uh, once you get that supercross license, let's go racing. And he's kind of always said it every year. So, um, once I actually got my supercross license, I was like, well, I've got it. Let's go racing. And I was, like you said, I've been with Suzuki a few years now and I wanted to kind of stay true to as many sponsors as I could without, you know, pushing the team over the edge and pulling, pulling teeth with the team. So we had to make a few sacrifices on each end. So, um, you know, I got to keep a few of my own personal sponsors and so did they. So, um, it was a good spot to meet in the middle. It was a little bit awkward. The team was actually the other rider on the team was a Yamaha rider and I was actually yeah. a Suzuki rider, but, um, I was getting and you're taller kind of, than him. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I just uh, I just wanted to stay true to as many sponsors as I could. I'm not one to kind of just bail out as soon as the best opportunity comes around. I, I've been with so many of my own sponsors. And on top of that, you know, I don't have just a Supercross series. You know, that's six months out of my year. So I wanted to make sure the, the next six months I have going on, I have I still have all my sponsors and I have everyone backing me that I started with. Hundred percent. It's good to stay loyal to those companies uh, that helped you, especially when uh, maybe they they would helped you when you weren't at the the heights that you were at. You know, the guys that helped you when you were when you weren't so much, and then when you move forward, right? It's like as soon as you gain some stardom, everyone's lining up to help you out. So you want to stay uh, stay true to those companies that that helped you out when you weren't so much. Um, a little bit of a clue into my background with, with you. You don't know, but uh, 2010, uh, I made a trip down from Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, where I'm from, uh, which is a city of about 500 or 700,000 up here in central Canada, 36-hour drive down to California. And uh, I was down there with a local pro uh, doing my thing. I'm a mid-level B rider. And there was this girl at the almost every single track that we went to number six on a yamaha yeah fox gear looking way too fast and like just hucking her bike sideways especially at paris this one particular day sean hamblin was there and we'll get into him in just a few moments here but uh i was absolutely taken back by it not only the fact that it felt like you were following us around and the fact that my buddy of mine, who still races Canadian Nationals to this day, couldn't couldn't carry your uh, your jockstrap, lack for a better word. But uh, you were uh, you're hauling ass, girl, and uh, that was five years ago. 
Yeah, I felt felt good back then. I think um, I think I've gained a little bit more style since then. That's for sure. I had a little bit of a hideous style, I think, back then. But um, I definitely wasn't afraid to do any and all jumps on the track back then. That's for sure. For sure. Like you're, uh, are you born and raised in California? Yeah, I actually grew up in San Diego, and uh, I just moved about an hour north into uh, the Temecula, like Elsinore-type area, and just um, moved to be closer to the tracks. It's about an hour and a half drive, so I want to do that in San Diego. So just made the move just to be closer to the tracks and all the uh, the freestyle compounds. Absolutely. You seem like someone uh, who really enjoys her time on two wheels, uh, searching out riding opportunities in all facets, whether it be racing, whether it be freestyle, whether it be a whip competition, uh, obviously racing supercross, arena cross, women's outdoor nationals uh, when they were had their full series. And I'm not too sure if you'll, you'll continue with that this summer, but we'll get into that as well. Uh, and just... Like there seems to be no bounds in terms of who you're able to uh, to ride with during the week and uh, and stick with them. Uh, what do you attribute that to, and uh, how do you find that strength to uh, hang in there with the boys? Um, I don't know. I guess it kind of just started when um, in like 2011. Uh, that's kind of when I started falling away from the. Maybe it was a little. Maybe in 2010 as well. But I started moving away from the the female racing type of things and uh, Matt Byton actually rented a room for me and he kind of just I would go riding with him and he opened up this kind of whole new world of freestyle and a whole new group of friends and um, they were just into pretty much anything going into the hills hitting ramps um, just just anything really and so like it just opened me up to this whole new world of you don't have to just go ride and race and I wasn't even happy doing that and I just, when I found this new world of freestyle, I just kind of fell in love with it and made some really good friends along the way. And that's kind of what it kind of turned into. And I kind of fell away from racing more and um, jumping more, I guess. <laughs> hey, we all like uh, just going out there and uh, feeling weightless out there on the motorcycle. And nothing makes you feel more weightless than uh, doing a step-up competition. And I have a strong <laughs> feeling that Mr. Byton may or may not have given you some tips to uh to be successful at i know he's got a couple of uh gold medals in that particular discipline uh give the fans at home a little bit of an insight in terms of that particular event and uh what all like the the techniques and the sensation that you're feeling during something like that maybe how you'd set your bike up a little differently than uh, your average uh outdoor track uh we really didn't have much of knowledge i mean i did ask matt a few questions on bike setup but he said it's the standard standard freestyle setup so um i had my 450 sitting at home which is what i use for my freestyle shows and stuff like that so it was sitting at home already ready to go um so we basically just was loaded up and took it with us to vegas and there was no preparation there was no time for me to even practice i got home you know every day i get home or every week i should say for supercross i get home on sunday and have to fly out wednesday so there's no time for me to even practice so I got uh, about a I don't know about a full day of riding on a 450 and just on a moto track because that's that's all I had time for and we cleaned it up and took it to Vegas and I rode I did a few starts on Friday morning after press I got off my 250 and did a few starts on my 450 in the parking lot and that was basically my preparation for step up (laughs) and um 
somehow it turns out I'm really good at it. Um, I didn't expect to even go as high as I did. And um, if I didn't end up just having that weird little crash and messing my bike up, we would have been in the top three to qualify for sure. Right on. Uh, what was your uh, the, the, the peak that you were able to achieve during the day? Uh, I think we went about, I don't know, my highest. I cleared the bar by far, but I want to hmm. say I went around 32 feet. And we, they ended the qualifier, the top three hit 31. So I was, I could have been there for sure. I just had, um, I think I crashed out at 29 and it wasn't even, it was just some weird deal. Like I, I went up the face of the lip and I didn't even feel my back end, but it fell into the rut next to me and it just hooked in that one and crossed out and I hooked left. Didn't even feel it all. Just, just all of a sudden I did a hard left and, uh, Ended up crashing, not the not the wind on myself, but uh, unfortunately the bike started overheating and the clutch was just fried. I tried to go again and it would just wouldn't go. You know, I I jumped it, but I didn't even get over the bar. So uh, unfortunate, but um, it was fun. So hopefully, hopefully next year I can uh, maybe even get an alternate this year, and hopefully next year go back to the qualifier and get it done. All right, guys. All right, guys. It's time for a commercial. If there's one item to be picky about, it's choosing the right helmet. I'm Andrew Short, and I choose the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. You too can wear the exact same helmet I wear, Trey Kennard wears, Jimmy Albertson wears, and many others. The F2 Carbon is a helmet loaded with details that make a huge difference in comfort and safety. Lightweight materials, phenomenal airflow, and a super comfortable, sweat-absorbing liner, and generous eye port design to accommodate any goggle choice are just a few. And did I mention how super trick these helmets look? straight off the shelf and onto the racetrack. If you are looking for one amazing helmet, look no further than the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. For more information about Fly Helmets and other products from Fly Racing, visit them on the web at flyracing.com. What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well, you better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with Oats and Bran. Oats and Bran? I didn't think there was such a thing. That's what I used to think. Now, I start out every morning with a bowl of Amigos. For extreme kids like us. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey kids, start out every morning with a fat bowl. When it comes to helmets, there is just one. The helmet brand that is. Just One Helmets is tailor-made for motocross and street bike riding, and now available in North America. Who chooses Just One? Well, for starters, Tim Geiser, winner of the Italian round in MX2, David Philipparts, Vicky Golden, Trevor Reese, as well as David Pulley. And you know what? So do I. I choose Just One Helmets because they are simply the safest, lightest, and most comfortable lid available. Want to know more about Just One Helmets? Check them out on the web at www.justonehelmets.com. Find out about the J12, the J32, and all of the colorways that are absolutely blow your socks off. So guys, please head over to www.justonehelmets.com today. Go check them out. 
you won't be disappointed. In 2014, X-Brand Goggles is back and better than ever. From the Scatter X, Volcano and Phantom Goggle, X-Brand has the product to make you stand out on race day. The quality of X-Brand products is second to none. Great lenses, incredible frame, and a strap that doesn't wear out. Great tear-offs, zip-off systems, nose guard, and more. Check out eksbrand.com for all of the accessories and pricing. WUSA is your one-stop shop for quality wheel sets in America. All of the best components built for the toughest conditions. Hit up WUSA.com, that's D-U-B-Y-A-U-S-A.com right now and check out the custom wheel builder selection. Pick your rims, pick your hubs, pick your spokes, even pick your nipples and see what it's going to look like on your bike. On the website, you'll drool over components like XL and DID rims, Talon and Kite aluminum hubs, Galfer and Brembo brakes, and spokes that take a licking and keep on ticking. The same wheels that you buy are built by the same guys we're building wheels for. Ryan Dungey, Jeremy Martin, Chad Reed, and the entire Geico Honda team. And I kid you not, if they are not told whose wheels are whose, they just build amazing product. And I want you guys in a set of W wheels. So do what I did and head to dubyausa.com today. WUSA, all things wheels. What's up, guys? It's time to talk a little bit about Roy Borden Race. He's the performance specialist suspension, making a motor work, balancing a bike, or just maintenance. He's got the tools and know-how to make sure that your bike is ready on race day or practice. Roy Borden has strength in years of experience and the best technology and best tools at his disposal. Whether you're getting your forks redone, seals, or a full, full-blown full rebuild on your forks or, or shock, call up Roy Borden today at 204-633-2722. For sure. Throwing a leg over a 450 is uh, a daunting t task for just about any rider. Um, how do you set up a 450 differently for yourself, uh, being uh, you're, you're not overly tall, and uh, you're, you're, you got to imagine you're, you're fairly light, much like many of the competitors that you race with. Uh, what kind of bike setup are, do you look for, uh, especially when riding the, that big 450? 450, I actually... Um... I, I don't know. I just like to be drunk with power. I hate riding two DS. It's the most miserable thing. And all through Supercross, everything was the question was, will my bike make this jump? And and mm. you just go as fast as you can and pray you make it. And on a 450, that, that's obviously it requires more timing. But um, man, I feel I feel good and at home on my 450. I think my riding style just fits it fits it better. I, I just. I just feel so much better on that bike compared to a 250F. Um, basically, anything we do, and I, for an outdoor bike, is just suspension and uh, 
throw on a Bill's pipe and it's good to go. And I actually changed the gearing to a 52 um, for actually both my bikes. I don't mind it on outdoor either, but put a 52 on for freestyle stuff for ramps and it's, it's good to go. Um, gives it a good chunk of bottom and it's right in the meat of the power. I just, it's perfect. A woman that likes being drunk on power. That is absolutely yeah. foreign concept. Yeah, I know uh, it's, it's baffling, <laughs> but I just, I just, I think it's just so much more better for me. I don't, I don't know. I just, I hate being obnoxious on a 250, just keeping it revved all the time and wide open everywhere. I like just the power of the 450 to just be able to cruise and still go fast. No doubt. Well, that actually makes a, uh, that um, kind of makes a lot of sense out of the fact that you ended up riding a 250 two-stroke uh, in that two-stroke two champions race. Uh, actually, you ended up having some uh, bike issues there as well. But uh, nevertheless, throwing your leg over a 250 two-stroke, which uh, I know myself, I'm a 250 two-stroke guy, uh, mainly because I'm 208 pounds. But uh, no, that, that's... Kudos to you for being able to throw away, throw around that uh, that strong machine. Yeah, it was it was a fun event for sure. I think it it kind of helped that the power valve broke, so it was it was pretty slow actually. But um, <laughs> uh, that was it was a fun event. I wasn't really once again prepared to do any more than like a lap at Glen Helen, but it was just kind of an event to go out, have some fun, and hang out with the guys at Bill's Pipe. They uh, they had that bike and they custom made a whole pipe for the thing for the event for the weekend and we pitted with them and just had some fun just a relaxing race weekend it was it was good just to hang out and um just ride dirt bikes again that's solid he's getting back to the roots uh one thing is i love to ask uh like people that i have on here like what does motocross mean to you what is what what is like how where does it sit with your heart uh and uh what kind of positivity and where like where does when you're riding where does that take you in like a kind of a uh a working in sort of thing oh man it's it's definitely a super gnarly relationship of love and hate it's um when it's good it's it's so good i mean we just finished up um i remember just going to the hills or kahia and just with all the boys and we just go shovel hit jumps and you know, you could stay there from dawn to dusk and have the best time of your life. And same with whatever, with what any type of sport you're doing. If you're having a good day, it's, it's a good day. And, um, obviously the bad ones, you want to let your bike on fire, toss it off a cliff and quit. But, um, you know, I think that's where the love of the sport comes in. And on those bad days, you just kind of hang tight and wait for another good one to come along. For sure. Uh, for all of those days that uh, you wanted to uh, toss the bike off the cliff, there's another 10, 10 days where you uh, drive away looking back at that machine in the back of the truck thinking, uh, can't believe the fun I have with that thing. Uh, plans for 2016 uh, or re the rest of 2015 and going into Supercross. First of all, uh, what does the schedule hold for you to uh, compete in, whether it be uh, like all types of events the rest of this year? And uh, will we see you on the line once again in supercross next year possibly on a 450 sounds like uh right now the plans for the rest of the year is just um i think i haven't really talked to anyone just been enjoying doing absolutely nothing but um yeah probably go to uh x games as i think an alternate for step up i'm not 100 percent sure yet but um that's what they were talking about at least so hopefully go there and maybe get in um then just have fun at x games watch all the watch all the homies 
do work and hopefully bring home some medals. And um, then after that, just keep riding the 450 and uh, do some jump shows here and there that I got lined up and um, maybe even a few races that uh, come along the way. It's just kind of a an open summer. It's time to relax, have fun, and just make a little bit of money here and there to get by. 100%. Uh, keep your name out there, stay relevant, uh, maybe even get some get drops uh, mixed in. Uh, exactly. Any chance that we'll see you on, uh, like I know the women's nationals or like the women's uh, WMX is riding uh, on Fridays before uh, select rounds as well as with some uh, some amateur nationals. Any chance that we see you in there? Um, I They're not really in my plans. Um, you okay. know, if it kind of works out, but once again, like I'd the only time I'm going to spend on a two with DS is on inside. So um, unless they want to change the rule to where I could ride a 450, then I'd, it most likely won't happen. I mean, if the opportunity comes along, then sure. But um, as of right now, I'll I'll stick to uh, stick to Supercross. Fair enough. Uh, so if, if you can explain to me the the scenario of the very first time that, uh, or maybe not the first time, but for the first few times that uh, you got to tag along with some of these, um, like basically legendary freestyle guys that, that these guys go out in the hills and they hit the biggest jumps and they throw the biggest whips. Uh, like, how did you approach that situation? Uh, was there some static coming in? Cause like no one likes getting beaten by a girl. I'll be the first to say it. Uh, I won't be the last to say it either. Um, and, uh, and like, like what kind of satisfaction did you have when uh, you would throw something out there and you'd come back to some pretty raised eyebrows and say, Hey, she's got it. That's basically how it always was. Even like when Matt first started kind of bringing me around, I remember like the first day at Feist house, like I never met Feist before and, um, showed up to his house and like rode his track a little bit. And then basically just went over and hit the ramp on my own and greased it. And Feist saw the whole thing and was pumped, like just uh, like instant respect at that point, you know, and that's kind of how it was everywhere. You know, I just show up and, um, stick to myself and then all of a sudden I'd you know bust out all the hits that all the boys were doing and instantly earn their respect so I think that's kind of what what did it is just you know I kept my mouth shut until it's time to time to ride and then it was um that's where the respect came from so after that now it's just um those are those dudes are all all my good friends so even like um uh, one of our last tri- trips to Ocotillo was just who can hit the jump first and um I was always hopefully one of them to do it and most of the time I was so that's kind of what drove me and drives me still is just to make sure I they might do tricks off them but at least I hit it first for sure the pride of being that guinea pig when everyone's looking at a lip saying all right how fast do we have to hit this thing and uh being that person that steps up is always a good feeling regardless of what trick or if you just uh dead sailor that thing uh it's a it's a like if if you downside it properly, it feels a whole lot better than if you go long. But either way, uh, good feeling, right? Exactly. So uh, this year we saw a lot of different. Uh, we saw some tricks popping into Supercross for the first time in a lot of years. Uh, we saw uh, some knack knacks, uh, some heel clickers to no hander landers, uh, as well as some other ones mixed in. I gotta ask if you were to, uh, make a, uh, a Supercross main event or, uh, or even win an LCQ at some point, uh, any chance that we see your, uh, heels click over top of your head or anything quite like that? 
Uh, for sure. I'm always down to do something like that. Um, knack knacks are like my favorite probably because it's the only real trick I know after that. But, um, yeah, I mean, for sure. It's, it's kind of like, uh, um, what you're supposed to do, I guess nowadays. But, um, yeah, I, yeah. I do those anywhere though. Like if I can do them off and jump, I'm going to do them cause it's fun. So I'm, I could probably be in last and I'll still do them just cause so. Well, it seemed to be the case when you're you're throwing throwing that, uh, that that wheelie, which I think was a really cool opportunity for uh, the riders who uh, like the, if someone wasn't able to see you race in the night shows, and they're not one of, like a guy like myself who's uh, watching race day live and watching watching you do your thing uh, during practice is just a little bit of a a, a look into the skill set that you do have. Uh, it's it's well and above. The, the skills on a, the supercross track it's an incredible amount of balance keep that front wheel in the air and uh to hit your marks on a supercross track is uh nothing short of amazing um my opinion uh like you've definitely got a, a fan north of the border and you should be really happy with yourself oh thank you yeah i mean i didn't really like do it to, like show off or anything i was just like well i'm not gonna yeah, catch anyone fun. i'm not gonna catch anyone you know they're five seconds ahead of me so like there's no one, no one behind me and no one in front of me, and uh, I still got to finish this lap out. So it's just more of a, a fun thing, you know? Like, I mean, who yeah. doesn't want to see it? Who, who sees the straightaway and doesn't wheelie it? So um, that's kind of yeah. what I was thinking, and I didn't even know I was on TV at that moment. So it just kind of worked out to be good timing to, uh, I guess, do a little bit of skill set showing off on accident. Right on. So, uh, one of the only riders, well, you were one of the only riders this year who uh, were, was uh, able to get into uh, Sports Illustrated and uh, and also get some uh, some some some, I guess, special uh, opportunities to ride some press days on both the West Coast and the East Coast, which is a great opportunity for you to uh, get these tracks down pat, as well as. Uh, um, be, be, it's unbelievable PR for Supercross. Uh, what what type of advantage was that to you uh, for you to uh, just be out there and, and riding with the guys and or and just experiencing the tracks, especially on press days? Yeah, you know, the first couple was pretty huge to me. I mean, you're showing up and um, whether I like it or not, all the eyes were on me. So like getting to getting that extra time the first couple rounds was was huge. You know, I mean, even though we only got a few sections of the track, it was it was huge for me to be able to just to be able to ride it and get those nerves out before the first, uh, for, for the first like time qualifying. So, um, the first couple was huge for me just to kind of relax me a little bit and realize, oh, okay, like this is, this isn't so bad. I can do this. And, um, and then after that, it was just kind of falling into routine, you know, whether I liked it or not, I had to be there for press. So, um, it just turned into, you know, after that, just, show up do my interviews and we still utilize that time as much as we could though for sure just to figure out the bike and get the settings all dialed in and that was that was probably the hardest part the first couple rounds anyways is just trying to get the suspension figured out for uh for the steeper more rougher tracks that we went to because when time qualifying hits the tracks are so beat up that your suspension does not work like it does in the first one Definitely not, and uh, those track services do change a huge amount, especially from the from press day to uh, to the to the race day. It's it's, it's a I wouldn't say night and day, but it, there's definitely a huge difference. Um, 
And, and also, of course, yourself being someone who absolutely loves to bask in the spotlight and just inviting all that <laughs> attention all the time, I could tell that you were absolutely thrilled to be answering uh, similar questions week after week after week. Uh, did that wear on you at all? Uh, did it, did it kind of get a little bit of old hat? I've got to imagine at some point you're kind of like, can a girl just get some time on her dirt bike <laughs> to be awesome and let me just do my deal? Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, I get it, and I can't say no to all of it. You know, it helps myself, it helps my sponsors, and most of all, yeah. it helps the sport. So I'm never going to say no to to press. So, um, I, you know, I did it whether I wanted to or not. And um, But it was a utilizing thing for me. Like I said, I got a little bit of track time just to try and figure out bike settings, and um, sometimes it was helpful to – get a little bit more time to figure out a section of the track but um yeah it definitely it, it wears on you for sure i remember the first first weekend i put in arlington i put almost five hours on my bike just in press and that was two sections of the track but um it was just kind of being sick i was wondering why because uh the the year before i did arena cross in the same exact schedule fly home sunday fly there on wednesday and I handled it fine, but this year it was just so hard, you know, I could barely wake up, barely have the energy to ride, and then barely have the energy to focus, and, and that's where the illness kind of kicked in, and having to be home two days, then wake up at 4 a.m. both days on Thursday and Friday and ride, it just kind of, it kind of wore me for sure, but, um, you know, that's, that's just the way my schedule was, but for sure, the uh, like the attention part, it was a little overwhelming the first couple rounds, especially when you got Sports Illustrated following you around and you're doing all these weird stuff and having to do a million interviews and everybody's looking at you because you've never even raced before on a Supercross track. So um, it was definitely a lot to take in, but um, I kind of got used to it over the few, first few couple rounds. Definitely caught inside the fishbowl that is uh, Supercross. And yeah, like I said, all eyes on you, especially during that first practice uh, at uh, in, in Arlington there. Um, I got to ask, um, where, like, you, you've got a lot of passion for this sport. Uh, where did it all start with, as far as, like, as, at a young age? And uh, who did you look up to growing up as far I as start- riders go? I started when I was seven, and uh, it was basically just a, a family thing at that point. Um, my brother, who's about seven years older than me, he got started, and uh, I just looked up to whatever he did. So um, as soon as he got a bike, my dad got a bike. I just wanted to hop on that bag- bandwagon and get a bike as well. So that's kind of how it all started. And then um, after that, my dad would take me to a couple Supercross races and uh, you know, just kind of fell in love watching and riding most of all. And we just had fun with it for uh, for a while and went into amateur nationals. And, you know, we never really were anything special in nationals until I think my last year uh, I started winning and doing actually really well in at least the women's class. And uh, I think that's kind of just where it kind of took off and had a few successful races in the pro ranks. And like I said, I just got bored of women's racing outdoors and wanted to do something different. Right on. And uh, so would you be so kind for me as to uh, roll down those uh, sponsors for us uh, before I let you go? I know there's a lot of sponsors, uh, personal ones that you have that are huge supporters of you that uh, basically make it all happen. And they've uh, just been, uh, they've been your cheerleaders since day one. 
for sure. I guess we got to give it up to the whole Metal Militia crew. They've uh, they've been backing me since uh, since a couple years back, and they've been huge on support as well as Larry Lincago stepping in to uh, even put me on the team in the first place. So um, definitely got to give it up to those guys. But um, the Talking Frog, um, Suzuki, SDG, Factory Connection, Works Connection, Maxima. Um, yeah, we got a bunch of uh, motor guys, Wiseco, webcams, um, arcade chains, rad manufacturing, and then definitely got to give it up to uh, my mechanic, Frankie, who just kind of got laid off from his job and stepped in to help me with no questions asked. So to have him on board was was huge this year, and just to have him helping me as well as Sean Hamlin every day at the track, Tyler Kalisiak yeah, in the gym. Hamlin. Yeah, everybody loves that guy. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, everyone everyone put in a huge effort this year, and it was huge just to just have the people who were supporting me actually support me. You know, from Never Summer Snowboards, um, Colby at CMS Artworks that paints my helmets, um, X Brand stepped in last minute. Um, you know, just the whole the whole crew just did so moment. much. Yeah, and of course Bill's Pipes for stepping in and making me some rocket ships to uh, to add some power. Absolutely. Brandon over at Bill's Pipes hooking it up, uh, making things happen. Exactly. Uh, quick Sean Hamlin story. Uh, in very, it's my first race I'd ever been to in my entire life. Grunthal, Manitoba, 1999. Uh, there's a blonde-haired California kid named Sean Hamlin on a CR 125, number 925, he ends up taking the 125 national championship in the West Coast on the first day that I was ever there. And I had a chance to tell him about that at Paris Raceway when I was down there in 2010. He remembered the racetrack and uh, quite the guy. Um, before I let you go, a little bit about uh, working with uh, the Hambone. Oh, it's so awesome. I don't think after working with him, I don't think I'll work with anyone else. I don't. I don't think anyone else can help me get the job done. Honestly, it was, he's gotten, um, I think two gold medals of bronze and did a lot, a ton of work in arena cross and now supercross. So if it's not fixed or if it's not broke, don't fix it. So, um, he's, he's just a rad dude to work with. And just some days it really sucks though. Cause like, if you're struggling with something, he'll hop on, on your bike, but he's never rode in like yeah. shorts and maybe not even t-shirt on and he'll go rip the corner and like and do it absolutely perfect and you're like are you kidding me and you're like basically you quit for the day because he just showed you how to do it and that that always sucks but um yeah he's a he's a good dude to work with he keeps it he keeps you honest on your bike and he keeps it pretty uh lighthearted and and fun off the bike so it's a it's a good combo to have 100 percent. well for a guy who rode a 2004 or 2005 RMZ 250, which was the Kawasaki Suzuki Franken bike with the Bill's pipe on there. Uh, <laughs> that thing was a bit of a pile. And if you can, if you can ride that thing, I guarantee you can spin some laps on your bike. Uh, Vicky Golden, it has been a pleasure to have you on. Uh, really great to talk to you. Uh, very candid, very, just a real conversation. Really enjoyed it. Uh, I hope you had some fun with it and uh, would love to have you on again. Wish you all the best luck going forward. And uh, like once again, thanks for taking some time chatting with us uh, all about Moto. Yeah, thank you for having me. Right on. You have yourself a great night. All right, thank you. Cool. 
Well, that was pretty sick. Um, <laughs> if I don't say so myself, uh, I just like, yeah, you're just a rad girl, man. Uh, girl, guy, whatever. Uh, you just, <laughs> it's it, the passion that you have for racing and for riding uh, comes out in, in the way you talk about it. So uh, it's going to be, everyone's going to really enjoy this. And that's kind of what I was aiming for is to not have that, cookie cutter um what do you have to say about guys racing against you i i actually i tried not to mention it very much in the in the interview just you on your bike doing your thing i thought that was really cool yeah thanks man right on so uh i'm gonna get to editing this actually i'm gonna go hit the gym and then i'm gonna edit this sounds like a good plan yeah buddy and uh, so um, I should have it out tomorrow morning. I will uh, text you uh, a link to it for both iTunes and uh, the website. And then uh, I usually put together a little photo collage for you to Instagram. If that's cool with you, then I'll send that over. All right. Sounds good. Cool. Well, you have yourself a great rest of your evening and, and, and enjoy it the rest of your do nothing time and as soon as you're back on the bike and and ripping it looking forward to seeing some pictures and whatnot and uh, we'll keep in touch all right sounds good thanks man take care bye. All right, bye thank you for listening to the big mx podcast brought to you by x brand goggles be sure to check out our archive for episodes you may have missed check out our website at bigmxradio.com for more content